summary of the Sicha. When Moshe Rabbeinu was pleading with Hashem that he should forgive the Yidin for the sin of the Meraglim, he said, And now let the name, the power of Adnai reign supreme. Bring in, bring out the name of, the power of the name of Adnai. So the Zayar says, Rab Acha and Rab Yaisi said that the Yidin are more fortunate, more meritorious than all the other nations of the world. Hashem desires them, chose them. Hashem shares His name with them. And Hashem is proud of them and brags about them. Those are the three qualities that He mentions. Because the whole world was only created for the purpose for the Yidin. And the Yidin are the purpose and the existence of the whole world and uh, the existence of all the other nations. That's what the Zayar says. So the Rebbe's father asks the question about this Zayar. Why does the Zayar choose these three qualities? There seem to be greater qualities than these. For instance, that the Jewish people are called the children of Hashem. Why doesn't the Zayar bring that as a quality rather than these three qualities? And he explains that since the Zayar follows up by saying that the, that the Yidin are the heart of the world, and as he says actually in this part also, that they are the existence of the whole world. In other words, the machine that drives the whole world, that's the heart of the world. So therefore he chooses three qualities which represent three different types of characteristics that are found in the heart, which are emotions. And the three main emotions are chesed, gevura, and tiferes. And these three qualities, the choice that Hashem chose the Yidin, that's chesed, that Hashem uses, shares his name with them, that's gevura, and that he brags and is proud of the Yidin, that is Tiferes, as I'll explain a little later. And that's why he doesn't use the quality of that the Yidin are the children of Hashem, because that's something that talks about the Yidin as they completely transcend creation, that Hashem are the children of Hashem means that he, he want, they, are, they, they come before anything in creation, and therefore that's not what the Zohar wants to bring out here. He wants to bring out how the Yidin are found within the context of the world, and the qualities that they have within the context of the world. But we still have to understand, what's the connection between these three qualities and the Pasuk, which is what the Zayir is trying to explain, what's the connection between these three qualities and that Pasuk? Also, what is the Zayir saying? That the Yidin are greater than all the other nations of the world? Is that really something that the Zayir has to be telling us? Is that not something that is plainly obvious and therefore the Zayir has to come and tell us this, the big news? In fact, the idea that we see the qualities of the Yidin in comparison to the other nations, when the Yidin are in a completely different category, you can't compare, you don't show the quality of something over something that is so much lower than them that it doesn't even speak to the qualities. Imagine if I said that I'm a better quality uh, piano player than the ant which is crawling on the floor. Does it in any way describe my uh, talent as a piano player? Actually, it's not true. I am not a better piano player than the ant that crawls on the floor. But nobody would compare themselves to in that way. So we'll understand this by first understanding the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk mean with Va'ata? What did Moshe Rabbeinu mean with by saying Va'ata Yignana Koyach Adnai? He, he was trying to say that Hashem should have compassion on the Yidin. That's what the Zayar, the, the Medrash says, that the, the Hashem's attribute of rachamim, of compassion, of mercy, should overpower his need for, for justice. 
If so, why didn't he use a name of, Hash, of uh, the name of Hashem which represents Rachamim? He should have said that the power of Avaya should come to the forefront. Not Adnai. Adnai talks about judgment and the mastery, which means judgment. Why did he use that name? Also, why do we find that this prayer only we find that only in regards to the sin of the Meraglim? Moshe Rabbeinu prayed on behalf of the Yidden already backed by Harsina and the Chet HaEgel. He didn't use this language. Why over here suddenly? What's the connection to the Meraglim? So that will be explained by understanding what it is that the Meraglim wanted. Why didn't the Meraglim want that the Yidden should go into Etz Yisrael? It's not that they didn't recognize, they didn't believe that Hashem could defeat the other nations. They just saw Hashem's ability to, to defeat the Egyptians, miracles, were miracles galore. Did they not believe that Hashem had the power to over to defeat the people in Israel? Of course they did. What they were saying was, when the Yidin live in the Midbar, in the desert, when they're completely removed from all earthly matters, their mon comes from heaven and they, they learn Torah all day and they don't have to have a job and they don't have to be farmers. So then, miraculous stuff is natural in such an environment. But when you go into Yisrael and you have to become a farmer and everything has to be done naturally and now everything will be expected to work within the natural process, how then is Hashem going to defeat the, nation that, the nations that live there? They are super powerful people and if we have to defeat them through nature, how are we going to do that? Let's just stay in the Midbar where miracles happen. We'll stay here. Let's not go there. And that's what they meant when they said what the uh, what the Mefarshim, that the, what the Chazal say. They were say, they said, "Ki mimenu." The simple meaning means the people of of Canaan are more powerful than us, but mimenu can also mean from him. They were saying that they are more powerful than him. Of course, not that he can't defeat them through miracles, but since he expects it to be done naturally, so then he will not be able to function there because he expects it to be natural so then how is he going to function how is he going to defeat them in the natural if it's all natural when they're more powerful but the truth is that even though Hashem set up the world in a natural uh, way but he it's not uh, you can't say that he is limited by that and he has no ability to function within that and to be the master of all that of course he could be the master of all that in fact, even the Yidden, because we are a chelik al because we are a part of Hashem Himself, have the ability to be able to live in the natural world, and yet, when the need arises, to be able to rise above it, because we are connected to Hashem. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. He said, they are degrading the name Adnai. As it, Adnai is where the creation of the world comes from. The Altar Rebbe says in Tanya, that it's the limitations which bring about the, the creation of the world which sees itself as independent. It's because of those, the concealment of Adnai that it can be seen as independent. That's what brought about creation. But at the same time, it's still Adnai. He is still the master of the world, even though we allowed the world to come into creation in a way that he is not seen there, but he still is, rules over it. But the Meraglim, they degraded that. They tried to undermine that. They tried to say that in the world, Hashem is not able to, uh, to master it. 
So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu said, We have to bring out the power of Adnai. We have to show that even in the physical world, even in the natural world, Hashem is the supreme ruler. And the reason that the Meraglim made this mistake about Hashem himself was because they made the mistake about the Yidin. They didn't recognize that the Yidin even have the ability to rise above nature even as they find themselves in nature. So therefore the next step was they made the same mistake about, the Yid, about Hashem himself. The Meraglim thought that a Yid is... when, Of course a Yid is special and connected to Hashem. Where? When he is in a shul, when he is in a Besaknesis, when he's doing a mitzvah, when he's learning Torah. But when he's planting a field, is he different than any other guy that plants in the same way? They saw it as then they're equal. So in other words, the whole problem of the Meraglim. And now what Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to fix is to show that the Yidin are above the nations, not only when they are in a shul, but also as they find themselves in the context of the world. And that's why the whole comparison between the Yidin and the, and the non-Jews, of course it's obvious that there's a difference. But in this world, where everybody looks the same, that's where it has to be said. That's where it has to be discussed. And that's what Desire is talking about. And that's why he chooses these three qualities. Because those three qualities, if you look at them as they find themselves in the world, you can apply those qualities to the world as well. And yet Desire says that the Yidin are very different even in these three qualities, as will be now explained. We'll talk about the first one. Our sages tell us that whatever Hashem created, He, he has a purpose for it. He wanted that particular thing to be created. So one could say that everything that Hashem created, He has a desire for, and He chose to create it. So how are the Yidin, what, is it, what does it mean that the Yidin were chosen and that He has a desire for the Yidin? But it's very different, because everything that Hashem created in the world is for another purpose. It's like saying, I want a job. Why do I want a job? Because I need the money. I don't want a job. I'd rather sit home. But I need the money, so I need to have a job. So do I want a job? No, I want a job for money. And so on. So the Abishta wants the whole world and every detail in it. But he wants it for another purpose. What does he want it for? For the Jewish mission. That's the real purpose. That's what he truly wants. The Yidden is what he wants. Everything else he wants for another purpose. So even though he wants it, he has a desire for it, he chose it, he chose it only for a second purpose. Only the Yidden can be said that he wants truly that. That's what the ultimate desire is for. When you get to Iskanabahu, he, he, he shares a pseudonym with us. He's given us his name, he uses our name. What does that mean? A pseudonym means something which hides the true nature of the, of the name, the true name. You use a nickname because you want to hide the name. So some nicknames are very closely related to the name. But then there are nicknames which are removed from the name. They could be in a different language. They don't share anything really. And it's very difficult to see the connection between the nickname and the, uh, and the original name. The same could be said about the Yidin. The Yidin are a representation of Hashem because we are a chelik alikamimau. But there are two ways in this can be in the way that this is recognized. One is that when you look at a Yid, he's busy learning Torah or doing a mitzvah. It's obvious that he's connected to Hashem, that he's a chelik alikamimau. He's doing the things which are connected to the neshama, which is the part of him that's connected to Hashem. But then there is a Yid which is doing ordinary things. He's just farming or doing his job. So he looks like any other person. And you could say that you don't see the connection between him and Hashem. 
So the truth is that even when you can't see the connection, there is a connection because every yid is connected to Hashem, but you have to be a maven, you have to be able to read a yid to be able to see the qualities. There was once a story with the Rebbe Rashab that he said about certain ordinary simple Jews that they're so special and he was praising them and there was a chassid Ramanya Manishan that he said, I don't see it, I don't see all these qualities that you're talking about. So the Rebbe didn't answer. Later, this Ramanya was a diamond merchant and he had a parcel of diamonds with him and the Rebbe asked to see them. So he spread them out and he showed him about one single, one specific diamond that this is a superior diamond, beautiful beyond anything. So the Rebbe said, I don't see it. So he said, yes, you have to be a maven, you have to be able to understand diamonds to know that. So the Rebbe said, every yid is an extraordinary yid, but you have to be a maven. I missed one point in the earlier thing about the uh, Hashem chooses the Yidin, that when somebody higher than you chooses you, that is an expression of Chesed. That's the connection between the first part of the Zoyar with Chesed. The Iskanebehu, that he uses a pseudonym, which means that it's concealed within a, a Yid, sometimes conceals this connection to Hashem. Uh, that means, that's Gvura. The concealment comes from Gvura. That's the link between these two, Chesed and Gvura. Going back to Iskanabu, so there is a complete, so it's true that when you look at things in creation, there is a certain, uh, you can see Hashem's handiwork in everything in creation. But it's much different when you look at a Yid, and a Yid, even when he seems to be part of creation and no different than anything else in creation, shows a special link to Hashem. The reason that Hashem is proud of the Yid is because there is a certain greatness even to the Shekhinah, even to Hashem Himself, as He is found in this world, down here. Iker Shekhinah B'Tachtoinim. The main, the essence of Shekhinah is found only in Tachtoinim. And since Tachtoinim is all about the Yidin, what the Yidin created in the Tachtoinim, therefore He is proud, super proud of the Yidin, especially that as they are in Tachtoinim, as they are in this world. And although you could say the same thing about the whole creation, Everything in creation brings out the greatness of Hashem. When you look at a leaf, you see the greatness of Hashem, the wisdom, the brilliance of creating even an ordinary leaf. So you could say the same thing about everything in creation, but there is no, there ever gives a mushal that if there was a king that built a beautiful, beautiful palace and furnished it with the most beautiful furnishings for his daughter and his new son-in-law when they got married, so even though the palace, of course, brings great honor to the king, only a great king like that could build such a big and beautiful palace. But of what comparison is that honor to the honor that he takes, that he, does, that he derives, the pride that he derives from his daughter, from his son-in-law? That's the real pride. They are the whole purpose of building the palace. So there is, therefore... Even though the whole world brings out the honor of Hashem, but the Yidin, who are the whole purpose of the creation, that brings out the real honor of Hashem.